How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. So we didn't do a post-game recap yesterday, but to break it down for you, Clayton Beater had a pretty decent performance, showcased some good upside, and Giancarlo Stanton had a hit, and he caught up to a fastball. Definitely a good sign of what's to come, hopefully. Um, you know, this is definitely a situation where the Yankees need Stanton to step up. Beater, a youngster, 25 years old, and now I actually think Beater could end up playing a role in the bullpen. We'll see how that goes. But he worked his way out of some pretty interesting scenarios last night. Had a couple guys on base. Didn't walk too many batters. Only one um, over his three innings pitch. Did have a couple strikeouts, so that was good to see. But didn't give up a run. Very nice to see as well. Um, that resiliency definitely shined through, and I think that's a positive for Clayton Beater, who has had some issues in AAA last season. But, you know, we're excited to see kind of how the Yankees continue going. Obviously, today we got Cole on the bump. Really excited to see Garrett Cole in his first action. Um, I'm sure he's going to be testing out some stuff and, you know, Garrett Cole sometimes gets shelled in spring training because he's testing out some pitches, getting used to some things. You know, he doesn't. We know he's elite, um, but I think uh, I'm excited to watch him nonetheless. Today, we're going to talk about Kike Hernandez, a really interesting player who said on the Foul Territory podcast yesterday that he actually had the decision between joining the Yankees or the Dodgers. He went back to the Dodgers. But why were the Yankees interested in Kike Hernandez? Obviously, this kind of translates to Oswald Peraza. You know, who's going to be that primary infield guy? You know, uh, Kike also had experience in the outfield. So we'll see kind of how the Yankees go about this this uh, utility position because, you know, Peraza's still a little bit hurt, you know, not performing so well. There's question marks there. But, Ryan, you know, what are your thoughts on yesterday's spring training game? Not much to really discuss. A couple points here and there. And then Kike Hernandez, why the Yankees were even interested in the first place and, you know, what that means for a guy like Peraza. Yeah, so the big thing that I took away from yesterday's game was I think Clayton Beater could be pretty nasty. Now, I'm not sitting here and saying that Clayton Beater is a starting pitcher. I, I'm still unsure about that, Alex. He doesn't really have a defined third pitch, and I don't think his, his fastball and slider are dominant enough for him to be a two-pitch pitcher. You know, I think of two-pitch pitchers, I think of, like, Spencer Strider, right? Like Spencer Strider is learning a curveball, right? And he has maybe the best fastball-slider combination in a league for a pure stuff basis. You want to go just based on command and, you know, factor that into it. You know, Cole might be the best fastball slider guy in the league and he has a curveball and he has a cutter and he has to develop that cutter because he was getting hit pretty hard in 2022 so I just think that Clayton Beater is gonna have to show me a little bit more with his uh tertiary stuff before I start sitting here and claiming he'll be a starter or anything like that but I think he can be a nice reliever arm uh but as it pertains to Enrique Hernandez not that I'm I think he's a terrible player um I'm sure there's a reason why the Los Angeles Dodgers brought him back and they're a very smart organization and all that stuff but he signed a four million dollar deal it's eight million dollars towards luxury tax that money could probably go elsewhere, right? Like, I'd, I'd probably sign. If I was going to sign a utility guy, I don't know if he was top two on my board, right? Like, for utility guys, probably would even take a Rochella. Just because I, I think I just want the bat, right? Like, I'm looking at, like, the offense. I'm looking at the, the lineup. The lineup's good for the Yankees, but could always use a little more firepower. And I look at Cabrera, and I say he can play anywhere. Like, I think Cabrera can play defense and, and hold his own anywhere. And in terms of the outfield, you know, maybe Cabrera won't play that much outfield this year, but my fourth outfielder is a gold glove center fielder. Like, my, my, out, my fourth outfielder is one of the best defensive outfielders in all of baseball. He's one of the best defensive players in all of baseball. So, I don't really got to be worried about my outfield. My infield defense is going to be good. I have LeMahieu. I have Volpe. I have Rizzo. All three of those guys will contend for gold gloves. You know, Glaber is not really a good defender, but I can live with that because the rest of the infield is very good. Again, you have Cabrera backing him up. Cabrera is, has a great arm and, you know, has played a strong third, short, second in his career. Uh, so, I continue to believe that he'll consistently play good defense there, even if the bat isn't good. Uh, and then, obviously, 
obviously behind the plate, you know, Wells might not be a great defender. He might just be a solid one, but Jose Trevino might be the best defensive catcher in all of baseball. And judge and center is not bad. Verdugo, you know, he contended for a gold glove last year in the corner outfield. And Soto's a bad defender as well. But I, I really think the team's going to be strong defensively. LB.com uh, put out an article uh, projecting uh, team defense, and the Yankees are projected to be the sixth best defense in all of Major League Baseball. So, Solano would honestly, I don't know if Solano, like, I, I like a guy like Donovan Solano because I think his bat's really good and I think his bat would help, but I don't know if Solano's necessarily a defensive upgrade. I think he's probably a step down from Oswald Peraza because he can't play shortstop and he's not as strong up the middle. Uh, but the Batman, he put up a 116 WRC plus last year, uh, really provided a, a strong hit tool, which I think the Yankees could certainly use. That was it. The Yankees finished second worst in terms of hits last year. And look, I'm not saying that hits are the only thing the Yankees need. The Yankees need to do a lot of things well on offense, but you know, they hit a lot of home runs. They were, I believe, eighth in home runs. They walked a lot. They were eighth in walks. They just didn't hit enough, Alex. So, you know, and I mean that in the literal sense. So, you know, if the hit total is around the 10th best mark in the league, and I imagine the home runs would be somewhere in the top five, and the walks would probably be somewhere in the top five, we're talking about maybe the best offensive baseball, right? So, you know, that's this is a team that I think could really uh, use just that little bit of oomph, and I think Solano provides that. Also, he can play some third, and, you know, I'm not sitting here and, uh, you know, saying that LeMay, he was a bum or anything like that. He's, he's a solid player, but are you sure he's going to hold up all year injury-wise? Let's not even talk about performance. You know, Josh Donaldson had a great th age 35 season, and then his age 36 season in 2022, he was awful for the Yankees. So things kind of go like this. And LeMahieu already we saw a little bit of slippage in 2023. So, you know, I would like some insurance at third base. I think Solano provides insurance. I don't necessarily think Enrique Hernandez provides any insurance at third base at all. You don't want him starting for your team is kind of the situation you'd be in there. Absolutely. Of course, you don't want – he's not – that was never kind of the idea for the Yankees. DJ LeMahieu is their third baseman. Um, now, if you have any injuries to first base or second base, and DJ LeMahieu obviously might transition over to those spots and maybe Peraza takes over third or Peraza takes over second. You know, that's kind of the situation at hand. But, you know, we've talked about Peraza recently, and Peraza right now to me is losing value quickly. And he really has been losing value ever since Volpe stole his job last offseason. Um, I still don't think that he has – has the offensive identity. I still don't think that he is going to put it together offensively and showcase consistency. I, I, I Honestly, we just haven't seen enough of a sample size. He keeps getting hurt, and every time we want to get that little bit of sample, and, and for what it's worth, like Volpe, for example, like you look at it, what he did this offseason. He flattened out his swing path. He looks – I mean, if you see the difference between his swing last year to this year – it is night and day. Like Volpe's, if you watch his feet in general, Volpe's entire body was getting behind that ball last year, trying to elevate it and put as much power as possible. He was off balance. His foot was swinging all around his front foot. And this year, his eyes are laser focused on the ball. You can see his foot, he's doing a little bit of a tap, but he's not dragging it. His weight is not off balance. He has complete control over his swing. And that's not just a small fundamental tweak, my friends. That is a significant tweak to his bat, his batting stance, to his batting, to his swing in general. You can see the balance that he has, the control he has over his swing. It's going to make him a lot more lethal in terms of contact. I think that there's a possibility we don't see him hit as many home runs next year, but I think we're going to see him get on base a lot more. We're going to see him make a lot better contact, and we're going to see him make um, have a lot more extra base hits, which I'm fine with for what it's worth. As a number nine hitter, the home runs are great, but get on base right, right in front of DJ LeMahieu, Judge, and, and Soto. 
that's my priority. Be patient. Be in control. Last year, a lot of times, I felt like he was out of control. When it comes to Peraza, we just can't get enough of a sample size to see if he's made any differences in his swing, if he's made any tweaks, if he's changed anything to improve. And that's a concern for me because if he keeps getting hurt and disrupting his rhythm, if he keeps getting hurt and, and it hurts his swing, you know, he's not comfortable with his legs, he's not comfortable with his shoulder, there's pain, he's never going to get where, he need, where we need him to be. So... At this point in time, I'm starting to label Oswaldo Cabrera as more of our primary utility man across the board, even in the infield, than I do uh, Peraza. You know, we saw Cabrera play some third base last year. He was fine. We've seen him play shortstop, second base. Um, I think he's capable of playing all those defensive positions, maybe not as good as Peraza, but I think offensively, the Yankees are seeing differences and seeing improvements from Cabrera. Whereas Peraza seems to be kind of stalling and kind of stagnating, kind of plateauing where he was a year ago, you know, maybe when, maybe like towards the end um, of last season when he got a substantial amount of sample size to prove that he could make a difference and he struggled. So, you know, how do you see this utility position unfolding now that Peraza's kind of losing weight? Look, I get spring training doesn't, isn't the end all be all. A lot can happen. But this is, for me, this isn't just the start of it. This is like, we're not seeing the progress we need from Peraza at any point over the last year, um, not just right now, and the injuries are taking a toll, the injuries are setting him back. Is that a concern for you? Because to me, I think that he's kind of on the on the brink of losing his job as a primary option as a utility piece, whereas I think Cabrera may get the nod over him. Yeah, so I mean, even if, you know, I think Cabrera's making this roster regardless. The thing that's concerning to me is that the Yankees, or not concerning, I Concerning would imply that I think it's a bad thing that the Yankees are doing this. I think concerning in the context of if we're talking about the future of Oswald Peraz with the Yankees, it's not looking good for him, right? You know, he lost the spring, the spring training job last year to Anthony Volpe. And again, the, not that the Yankees are, you know, that they're reluctant to use their rookies, but um, I don't think in a contention window, Brian Cashman sitting back and saying, yeah, I hope to load up my roster with as many rookies as possible. He's probably like, I want as much proven talent as possible. And Peraza was a more proven player than Anthony Volpe. And Volpe still won. Like, against all odds, Anthony Volpe won. I mean, I remember, do you remember the headlines back then? It was like, Peraza is expected to win the shortstop job. Peraza is favored to win the shortstop job. This is Oswald Peraza's job to lose. Kind of the same conversation that we're having a year later, but in a bench role. This is his job to lose. I don't see how he loses it. How could he not earn the job? It just makes all the sense in the world. And then, you know, the, the end of March rolls around and Oswald Peraza's back in Scranton. So, you know, I, he's not done himself a lot of favors, as you mentioned, to win these spring training jobs. Now, Boone mentioned he might get in a game at some point today. I, I think he mentioned uh, yesterday that he would get in a game tomorrow. And since yesterday was Thursday and tomorrow's today... Today's Friday, so, uh, you know, I imagine that we might see him tonight. Uh, but, yeah, as you mentioned, it's just, I, I really, this is the same conversation, really. This is the same conversation as last year. This is literally just replace starting shortstop job with backup infield job. This is the exact same conversation. The guy was expected to take the job. Nobody, like, you kind of just penciled him in there and then forgot about it and said, yeah, I guess some other guys can win it, but they're not going to. Uh, and then he ends up losing the job somehow. This isn't the Yankees treating him unfairly. I know that some people, you know, and I was formerly one of these people who thought, yeah, the Yankees are just not being fair to Peraza. Well, respectfully, the guy hasn't performed, right? And at least after 2023, you've got to understand why the Yankees aren't playing him. You've got to understand why they haven't, you know, trusted him. Now, do I believe that there is a good player in that profile? 
absolutely. There's a good player somewhere in there, at least a league average one, one that's capable of full, filling a utility role. But this team needs to be ready. Like, I see a lot of people saying, well, what, you know, you could just use Peraza if somebody gets hurt. What if two guys get hurt? What if three guys get hurt? What if four guys get hurt? Peraza, at that point, doesn't matter Jeff Peraza. You got three other holes to fill in your roster. I don't, again, I'm not trying to be a pessimist here, but you have to at least have this conversation. LeMahieu is a 36-year-old player who has dealt with two season-ending injuries in 2021 and 2022 that knocked him out of the postseason. Then this past year, he got off to a slow start, probably still dealing with foot stuff. He gets better in the second half. How do I know his health is going to hold up? Anthony Rizzo, I know the concussion's a big thing we're looking at. And we're saying he's fine because he's no longer concussed and everything looks good. He's okay. He's had back problems his entire career. He, what if he has back problems again? He's a 34-year-old with back problems, right? Like, that doesn't necessarily yield, oh yeah, 162 games played, right? Uh, you know, even a guy like Jose Trevino, right? Like, he he had season-ending wrist surgery. What if the wrist starts sparking? He already had a calf injury. What if the calf starts sparking? In the outfield, you know, Verdugo mentioned he's played through injury. I don't know if the Yankees are going to play him through injury. You know, Judge crashed into a wall. That wasn't a, a, a soft tissue injury. It's just something that happened because these guys are playing baseball. When you play sports, you get hurt. That's how it works, right? Like you're, you're physically taxing your body. That's what's going to happen. So, you know, I don't think there's a, I think it's so dumb when people say, well, how do you fit a good player onto your roster? It's simple. You put them on the roster. Peraza has a minor league option. It's not going to kill him to get everyday reps in AAA. And then if two guys go down, Bam, you have a backup infielder and you have Peraza to go to. It just gives you more depth. It allows you to win more games when guys get hurt. And it keeps you afloat for, let's say LeMahieu were to have a season-ending injury. And you know it in June. You can say, all right, from June to July, we can start, let's say it's Donovan Solano, at third base. And we have a quality third base, at least a league average one. And if you say, all right, Rizzo's banged up. You slide Solano the first, and you put Peraza at third. That'll get you to the deadline. That's not a bad. That's not a bad infield. Depending on how Volpe and Glaber play, it's really not a bad infield. You expect Soto and Judge to carry your lineup. You hope Verdugo's good enough. And look, if Stan's not good enough, I don't know. What if Stan's not good enough? What if he gets hurt? You want to? Is that DH spot just going to become Soto Judge? Maybe. But what if Grisham's not feeling well? Like you have to think of all these situations. It's not going to go as perfectly as we hope. Things never go to plan. Guys are going to get hurt that we thought were going to break out. Guys are going to struggle that we thought were going to have, you know, better years. Guys are going to fall off the cliff who were excellent last year and showed zero signs of regression. That's baseball. Zips put out their, you know, Zips, the creative Zips, Dan, he he, he talked about 95th and 5th per, and fifth percentile outcomes. The Yankees had two of their five starters perform worse than their 5th percentile outcomes. So, they're like a one a 5% chance of happening. It happened twice. It happened to Bader as well. So that's three players on your roster last year who were as bad as they could possibly be given their realistic outcomes. So Alex, I just don't understand this war on having depth. You need depth. It'll get you through the season. And these guys are injury prone. If you want to know all about why you need depth, just look at the 2023 season. We had none of it. Um, we had Franchi Cordero playing substantial amount of games. Like that should be... I think I think that actually gave uh, Cashman nightmares, uh, thinking about the fact that he had no depth in the outfield. We were utilizing guys that sh aren't even on rosters right now, some of them. So it's like, you know, you think about it, and you're like, okay, well, let's do our best to get more depth. Trent Grisham, to, it, it is a luxury to have a two-time gold, gold glove winning outfielder as a depth piece. That's a luxury item. Um, 
some of the young players that we have on this team. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited for this season. This is going to be a really fun one, guys. Um, and, and if you've been following us for quite a while now, we've been breaking down these players, breaking down these these entire, um, you know, contracts and all of these situations to a T. And you've, if you've been following us, you've been hitting on a lot of these different things, a lot of these prospects, Spencer Jones, Breakout, some of these guys that are developing. Of course, we miss, um, you know, it's going to happen to everybody. But, you know, we're, we're on top of our stuff. So we appreciate the love and support you guys always show to us in the comments. It really means the world to us. And as always, make sure to like and subscribe for more Fireside Yankees content. we got a game today. So we'll get you with something on the post-game show later on to see how Garrett Cole performs. But as I said, like, subscribe, and we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.